um, uh, Shabbos before uh, Rebbe's birthday in the year 1957. Though that time period is time of Passover, uh, but in that discourse, there's a unique explanation about the meaning of the ten days of tshuva. There is a uh, famous teaching of the Alter Rebbe on the Gemara that discusses the ten days of tshuva. The Gemara says that there seems to be a contradiction in the Torah. One place in the Torah it says that whenever we call God, He's close to us. Another verse it says, seek God when He is found, call God when He is close. And it sounds like you can only seek God and find God at certain times, not all the time. So which one is it? Is He always close or is He only some, is he sometimes close? And the answer is, Gemara says, it depends who is calling God. If... Um, if there is an individual calling God, so then he's only sometimes close. If there's a minion calling God, then he's always close. Then he's always close. That's the uh, teaching of of the Gemara. Uh, when is he sometimes close? So the Gemara says the time that God is sometimes close with the individual is during the ten days of Tshuva. So the language of the Gemara, Kan liyachid, here's the time for the individual isn't only meant to be understood literally that an individual davening without a minion has the same power as a, as a minion throughout the year, but Kani Yachar also means that this is a time when Hashem allows us to get in touch with the deepest part of the Neshama called Yechidah. Kani Yachar means this is a time of Yechidah. This is a time when you're able to talk to, to your Yechidah, your deepest self, is, is revealed. So um, let's go right to this. I'm going to paraphrase from the Hebrew of, the, of this discourse. You redeem my soul in peace from those who war against me because the many were with me. That means it's possible for, the, for someone to be redeemed through a war. And the unique power that this verse conveys is that the, King David was saying that I was redeemed with peace. And why was he redeemed with peace? He said, because the many were with me. What is the meaning of the many being with me? That means for the in, the in the merit of all of the people that prayed for me. So much so that Talmud Yerushalmi says that even those who warred against King David, even the men of Absalom who were at a war with King David, who rebelled against King David, that his men also prayed for the welfare of King David. So that means why was King David redeemed in peace? It was because of the merit of the many people that prayed for him. However, although the merit of King David is because of the many people that prayed for him, King David said, the many were with me. That means he, he is not an individual, he's just not, it's not just one person. Rather, since everyone needs King David because he's a king of the Jewish people, so he himself is also like a community. He himself is like a multitude. The Talmud says about Moshe Rabbeinu, that since the Jewish people need him, since many people need Moshe Rabbeinu, he is classified not as an individual, but as a community. And so too King David, since he, he wore it for the sake of the Jewish people, all the Jewish people needed King David. Therefore, he's considered like many people. And that's the meaning of the verse, the many were with me, the power of the many were with me. That means the power of the community was given also to King David, because King David was a, uh, someone who everyone needed.
So there's two parts to this idea. One is that everyone prayed for King David. There was a lot of people praying for him. And also King David personally himself also has in himself a connection to both, he straddles both the individual, he's one person, and yet he is also connected to many people because he is someone that all the Jewish people need. So to explain this idea of a convergence of the individual and the community, and specifically by this convergence, is there a redemption and peace that first explain the meaning of what our sages say about the difference between individual and community, about the ten days of tshuva. In one verse it says, seek God when he is found, call God when he is close. And when is God close? Says the Talmud in the ten days of tshuva. But the Gemara says, just as another verse, who is like our God, he is always close to us. So Gemara answers, depends who's calling God. If individual is calling God, he's always, if the community is calling God, he's always close. But if individual is calling God, he's only close um, during the ten days of tshuva. So the Tzemach Tzedek says, this teaches us that the community, whenever a minion davens together, they have something in their in their prayers that draws on a, the light that shines during the ten days of truth. The minion has something throughout the year that we have right now as an individual praying by yourself in the ten days of truth. So the Altarev explains that when the Talmud says it depends if you're talking about community, we're talking about individual. Al-Drab explains that in, within ourselves also we have a community, we have individual. The community of ourselves means our ten faculties, our ten spheres, our, our, our ten soul powers. And the individual in ourselves refers to the deepest part of the neshama, the yechida. That means that the virtue of the ten days of tshuva that surpasses the rest of the year is that at this time the light of the deepest part of the neshama is shining. So the Tzemach Tzedek, in sync with explaining this um, teaching in the simple sense, that the Gemara is differentiating between the ten days of tshuva and the rest of the year, and he says that the rest of the year, a minion has the same light as the ten days of tshuva, as I've told one individual that when you daven with a minion throughout the year, like, well, how amazing is that? You're able to like build by ne'ilah throughout the year when you daven with a minion. Anyway, so the Tzemach Tzedek, Combining the simple explanation with a deeper explanation, the Machzedek says that the, the power of the minion throughout the year, the power of the community throughout the year, is to draw down the Yechidah into the ten soul powers. That means the rest of the year, we're meant to draw down the essence of the Neshama into the lower faculties of ten soul powers. And then during the ten days of Tshuva, there is a focus on the essence. But the rest of the year is a focus on the community, not just the community, but the community as it relates to the 10 days of Tshuva. That means to draw down from this special time to the rest of the year. What is what's going on? What are we talking about? What's the essence of the 10 days of Tshuva? In the simple sense, the simple power of these days are it's time to do Tshuva. Regarding Tshuva, we find a wondrous thing. In, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Tshuva, there are two components. One is to regret the past, and the other is to resolve for the future. Now, why is resolving for the future necessary to fulfill the mitzvah of tshuva? It would seem that as long, if tshuva is about rectifying the past, so then it should be sufficient to regret the past. If I'm trying to fix the past, so my deep regret for 
the past, that, that should cleanse my enjoyment that I had in, in, do, in my, whatever wrongdoing I did. But that's not true. It's not sufficient. To do the mitzvah of tshuva, there's two components. That's to, you have to regret the past and resolve the future. So Yohantan is thinking, I'll tell you why. If you don't resolve for the future, that shows that your regret of the past wasn't real, right? If you didn't really you don't resolve for the future, so that means you're, well, you're really regretting the past. You're just lip service. A, a litmus test that you have really regretted the past is because you've resolved for the future. That's the simple explanation. The reason why resolving for the future is a component in tshuva is because that 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 um, under that expresses that you really did regret the past. In fact, you're resolving for the future. That shows that you, you meant it. But we need to understand the deeper meaning of this. The theme. How does the theme of tshuva, the content of tshuva, um, fit with its inner meaning? Of how is resolving for the future relate to fixing the past? So the answer is like this. If, in other words, if in the simple sense, resolving for the future is what fixes the past, there must be some, and, and the reason for that is because you don't know that you really regretted the past unless you resolve for the future. We have to say also in the spiritual meaning of tshuva that in order to rectify the past, it must be resolved in the future. There must be something in tshuva that's, that's sufficient without resolving it for the future. There's something that, not just it's a litmus test, there must be some deeper reason also as well, because everything in Torah has a body and soul. So explanations like this. How is it possible that a Jew is able to rectify the past? The past is past. So how is it possible that, a, <laughs> that you're able to reach out in the past and, and to rectify what has happened? And the answer is, the virtue of tshuva is tshuva has that ability to reach a level that is above time. And because tshuva is above time, so the past and the present and the future are all the same. And therefore, just like you have a free choice regarding your present and your future, so to regarding your past, because you're touching something which is above time. And that's why in tshuva it's pertinent, it's relevant, it's, it, it, it's critical. That not only you regret the past, but you also resolve for the future, because if your service of God is merely about the past, about regretting the past, then you're in the parameters of time. And if you're in the parameters of time, you can't reach out and correct the past. But Shaste, you don't understand. If you're only result, regretting the past, if that's what you're into right now, then you're in a time. You're within the parameters and limitations of time. How can you fix the past? But if your service of God is in a way that simultaneously you regret the past, and you resolve in the future, that means you, that you are in a state where you're above the limitations of time, that just like God is above the limitations of time, so too you are devoted to God in a way that's beyond time, then you are able also to regret the past as well. That's the words of the Rebbe, more or less. Um, I think what the Rebbe is saying is, is that if my focus is on me, on regretting my past because I'm bothered by something that I've done, so then I'm, I'm, I'm in a state of limitation. I'm in a state of, 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 I'm looking at me, looking what I want. It's not about him as much as it's about as it's about me. I want to have a clean soul. I want, I want to rectify something in me. So I'm regretting and thinking about the past. That's one way of living. That's one kind of, of, of tshuva. But the real meaning of tshuva is, is something which is beyond time. Why is tshuva beyond time? It says in the Gemara that 
that uh, there are some things that God created before the world was created, and one of them is tshuva. Why is tshuva beyond time? It says in Tanya, chapter 25, the Altarebbe says, why is it that a Jew is ready to give up his life rather than um, uh, give, up, give up his Jewishness? Altarebbe says, because a Jew's connection to Hashem is beyond time. You might think, listen, I'm doing a sin now. I'll do tshuva in a minute. I've separated myself first for a moment. And now I'll do tshuva and I'll fix it. And although the Gemara says you can't do it, but if you read the, sub, the subtext of the Gemara, if you really try hard, you could do it. So it's possible to do an Aveira and, uh, and do tshuva afterwards. It doesn't usually work, but it's such a possibility. But yet, it doesn't enter the mind of the Jew who is being threatened to be killed. If he doesn't accept Christianity, it doesn't enter his mind to... Um, to accept Christianity just for a moment and then do tshuva later. Why isn't, accept, why isn't that register as an option? The Altar says is because a moment matters. Why does a moment matter? Because the connection of a Jew and Hashem is beyond time. It's not something which, which it's not something which, which is, uh, what's the word, uh, utilitarian? You're trying to do something to get something? You're bothered by the moment because of the deep connection you have with Hashem. If a moment, a moment is, is an eternity. I can't separate myself from Hashem for even a moment. So the reason why tshuva incorporates the future and the well as the past is because tshuva is something which is beyond time. Tshuva is a feeling that I can't separate myself from Hashem. And therefore it's not just about the past, it's about the future, and, and, it's, and it's about both at the same time. It's, it's, it's about I want to be close to Hashem. And because tshuva touches a part of ourselves which is beyond time, that part of ourselves which doesn't want to let go, that's why tshuva can fix the past as well. Because when you do tshuva, you're connecting to a part in yourself that is that is beyond time, and therefore you're able to fix the past as well. So, never continues. Since the main essence of tshuva, the main idea of tshuva, is beyond all parameters of time, so it's understood that where in the soul is tshuva, tshuva is in the level of yechida. There are five levels of the soul. There's a power of obedience, nefesh. There's a power of love and reverence, ruach. There's a power of understanding God's truth, understanding God's one, understanding God's oneness. That's neshama. There is a drive to be close to God beyond logic and reason. That's chaya. And then there is yechida, which does not have any uh, parallel in in uh, the animal soul. We could have, we could have nefesh to the to um, klipa. We could have obedience and succumb to peer pressure or what the world is doing and, and just follow like, like sheep to the slaughter to whatever everyone else is doing. We could be like Ruach. We could have love and reverence for the wrong things. We could have Neshama. We could have understanding of things which are lies. We could have a drive below logical reason for the wrong things. But Yechidim means that there's a bond you have with Hashem that, as in the language of the al a Jew does not want and can't sever his, bond, sever his relationship with Hashem. A Jew does not want that can't separate from Hashem, his altar. That's because of Yechida. Yechida is not a, a, um, a feeling. Yechida is the being of the Neshama that can't, does not want and can't separate from Hashem. It's, 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 it's uh, called Yechida because Yechida re- receives from Yachid, which means Yechida is a part of the soul which is in touch with and receives and is animated only by the truth of Hashem being alone and nothing besides Beyond the Shama, the level I mentioned before, we understand how all creation is part of God's oneness. You understand that the, everything in the world has a godly energy. 
Yechida is, is the perspective, the truth, that all there is is Hashem. Because in Hashem is the Yechida, is conscious of that, therefore the Jew says, I do not want and I can't separate myself from Hashem. So Yechida is where Tshuva happens. Yechida is a part of our soul which is beyond the parameters of the world. And this explains an interesting passage in the Talmud. The Talmud says that a soul did a sin, and the soul asked various uh, things. What should I do to rectify my sin? The soul went to wisdom, and the soul said, what should I do? I've sinned. And wisdom has its idea, and the soul asked prophecy, and prophecy has its idea, and the soul asked Torah, and Torah has its idea of what the soul should do, until finally the soul comes to God himself and says, what should I do? I've done a sin. Every, everyone else was saying, you have to bring a sacrifice, you have to die, you have to have pain. But when he, the soul comes before God, God says, do tshuva and you'll be forgiven. That means that the tshuva that God gives a person is beyond the parameters of Torah as well. Hashem, Torah has limitation, but God has no limitation whatsoever. God is beyond time. And this is connected to the deepest part of the soul, the Yechidah. Yechidah, again, is called Yechidah because it is in touch with the Yachid. It's in the touch with the truth of Hashem. That there is nothing besides it. And that's why it says about the 10 days of Tshuva, that this is a time of Yachid. This is a time when Hashem gives, puts us in touch with the fifth and deepest part of our soul, the Yechidah. And because we're in touch with this part of the soul, we're able to rectify the past as well, as if it never existed. And not just as if it never existed, the Rebbe says, but the entire past is completely, literally not there. Because tshuva is above time. And therefore, through doing tshuva, during the 10 days of tshuva, a God gives a Jew a good and sweet year, despite the fact whatever he's done the past year. Because all the negative things are, are not there anymore. So although, okay, so that's, so we've explained the power of the 10 days of tshuva, the power of yechida, above being above time, reaching out in the past and changing the past. And now it's real. And it actually caused the whole past not to be there completely. Now that it continues in the fifth section of this moment. Although tshuva is connected to the deepest part of the soul, the yechida, however, God doesn't just want it to stay in the deepest part of your soul. Rather, God wants us to be drawn down and to illuminate the other faculties of the soul. The power of obedience, the power of feeling, the power of understanding God's truth, and this drive to be close to God, beyond logic and reason, until it should actually affect our actions. As we said before, the main tshuva is to regret the past, and except for the future. That means although tshuva is beyond time, although tshuva is in touch with the yechida, nevertheless, it's tshuva is in a way that there's an actual impact in what you do. You actually act a different way. As the Talmud says regarding those people who are not kosher to give testimony, people have done things that they're that invalidated them from giving testimony. They're not trusted anymore by Jewish court. So it says in the Talmud, um, at what point are they considered trusted again? When they actually regret the past and they actually stop doing what they did before. When they break their dice in the language of the Talmud. When they take their, they, they, they not just regret the past, but they actually make a move. So if tshuva is associated with practically making a move, certainly the tshuva of yechida, the tshuva which comes to the deepest part of ourselves, is not just something which is, remains aloof and abstract in the deepest part of the soul, but has an impact in our lives, physically, in what we do. And so to the garden of tshuva, the ten days of tshuva, that the purpose, the goal of this tshuva is that it should inspire our actions throughout the coming year. So it comes out that the goal of 
the Yechida. The goal of serving God at this level of Yechida is that this should impact all the other faculties of our soul. So when the Gemara says that there's a time for the individual, when he has closeness with God, and there's a time when the community has closeness with God, that the, with the Gemara putting them both together is trying to tell us we have to unite them both, that we have to bring down the deepest part of our soul into the way we think and feel, and that's the inner meaning of davening with a minion. What's the inner meaning of davening with a minion? Davening. There's a famous story of a of a. Uh, make a story very short because I don't have too much time. There was an individual. Can we, can we leave like a minute or two for questions before Yessi uh, wants to kick us all out? We'll try. We'll try. I'll see what we can do. There was a Chakaser. There's a tzaddik who um, who his family married into the family of the Mitzvah Rebbe. And there was a discussion before the wedding about this individual who goes getting married, how he conducts himself in his prayers. And he says, I pray with a minion. And sure enough, by the Shabbat Brachus, this guy is nowhere to be seen. The minion is done four hours before, and he is somewhere in Atsilos. And his uh, father-in-law said, I thought you said you pray with a minion. He said, I pray with the minion of myself, all my ten soul faculties. I get them all involved. My own minion, my inner, inner, inner minion. So tefillah is seaboard. It means to gather all the parts of yourself and to connect them with your yichid. And this is the meaning of the verse that this mimer is based on. You redeem my soul in peace from those who were against me because the many were with me. That the idea of this verse is that we started, as we said before, is that the many, that the many parts of the soul are connected with that there's a unity and there's a convergence between the plurality of yourself and the singularity of yourself, between the ten soul powers and your soul essence. To bring down your yechida into the way you actually function, the way you actually think and feel. And this is what brings you to have peace. That means that redemption is not in a way of a war, but in a peaceful way. There's no opposition in the first place. Why is no opposition? Because since you're serving God with the deepest part of yourself, your yechida, the perspective of your yechida, there's no, there's no, there's no existence. There's no, there's no. The, the opposition is not a thing. And why is this? Because Yechida receives from the truth of God from Yachid. Since there is understanding of God's truth that all creation is part of Him, then there's understanding of Yachid, which is all there is is Him. Not just the creation is one with Him, but there all there is is God. And Yechida is in touch with that with that truth. And since your Yechida is in touch with this truth that all there is is Hashem. So therefore, there's no room for an opposition. There's no room for, for, for discussion of, of, of I will do or I won't do. The perspective of Yechida, as in the language of Rebbe, a Jew does not want, it cannot separate bond with God. And because the, our soul is in touch with this truth of Hashem, there's nothing besides Him, therefore, from the perspective of Yechida, there's no opposition, there's no choice. And that's why we're redeemed in peace. And that's why King David said this. King David is associated with Mashiach. He's a grandfather of Mashiach. And Mashiach will come, it says, all impurity will, will, will be removed from the world. So, by Mashiach, David Amalek, the grandfather of Mashiach, is associated with the revelation of Yechid in the world, who will see there's nothing besides Hashem. So just in one sentence, before the questions, Yechid means that I don't want to separate myself from Hashem. And the Mithra Rebbe says in another discourse, just the fact that I think about that I have that in me, even though I'm not feeling it, just I know I know that's who I am. I know that if I would go in front of the guy's knife, I would say I'm ready. That's even though I don't feel that way right now, but that's who I am. 
that, just thinking about that empowers you to overcome all obstacles. And that's the power of these days that we're able to get in touch with this part of Yechidah in our side ourselves in a way that impacts the rest of our persona, the rest of our, what we think and feel, the language of the Rebbe and the Rebbe said, when you walk in the street, it shouldn't be that you're going, it should be your Yechidah is going. You should feel, who is here? Oh, Yechidah is here. Okay, Rebbe Zev, what's your question? There, there's no time. There's plenty of time. You just wanted to see what would happen. You just wanted to Ooh, complain later. I just want to see what happens. <laughs> I, how, do you, how do you know you're, as, as you said, even though you're not feeling it, like, no, normally from all the other memoirs, the only way we connect to Yafida is getting taken to our limits and extremes with the uh, Nisayan, and at that point in time, then you tap into Yafida and, uh, and connect to your, to Yafida in the highest level of Hashem. You, you normally can't reach that level unless it's... Okay. So let me explain. Out of you. So just to, 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 to kid yourself and say, okay, yeah, I, I understand everything you're saying. I, I, as, as you said, the middle of the even if you don't feel it, it I, I don't know. I, I, I'll tell you what the, what the difference is. The other discourse is talking about revelation of Yechidah. We're talking about being powered by Yechidah, being, be, being, having the power of Yechidah. We're not talking about feeling the revelation of Yechidah. We're talking about having the power from your Yechidah. So, Yes, with Mesiris Nefesh, you have a challenge, then you actually feel your Yechidah, you actually feel something. You actually feel, I don't want to separate myself from Hashem. The verse says, Hashem, redeem my soul in peace from those who war against me. So other discourses, Mithra is saying, the verse is a contradiction. Either redeem my soul in peace, and there's no war, or there's those who are warring against me. How can it be you redeem my soul in peace from those who war against me? What's going on? Mithra says, the soul's asleep. Not just the Yechidah's asleep, the whole souls will say, there's nothing going on, nothing doing, nothing happening, nobody's home. It's like the, 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 the fish that they serve on, uh, on, uh, on Pesach, a certain gefilte fish, no preservatives, no additives, no coloring, no sugar, no salt, and no one eats it. So it seems like, you know, this, this level of Yechidah, there's nobody home, you're not, you're not there. However, says Mithra by thinking about who you really are, by being the conscious fact that this that I am a Jew and this is who, what I would choose, that gives you the power that you actually make a firm and powerful decision in a way that nothing can stop you. Just by thinking deeply into who you are. And especially now in the tendencies of Shuvah when this actually shines. Anyways, have a great day, Rebzev. David, Beryl, Yonatan, Chaim Peretz, Chaim Chaim. Sure. See you later. So, we're here.